Hi, this is Stephen Pitts, your host of Black Work Talk, an organizing upgrade podcast. Our second season begins on Wednesday, November 15th. We launched Black Work Talk to participate in the larger conversations about efforts to organize Black workers. We thought it was particularly important to flesh out the intertwined nature of race and class. Way too often, our movement talks and acts as if race and class are separate phenomena, and there's a need to establish the primacy of one over the other in determining the fate of Black workers. Here at Black Work Talk, we believe that Black workers are impacted by race and class. And equally important, racial impacts are shaped by class, and class impacts are shaped by race. Attempts to uncouple the two are political dead ends, and they don't reflect the lived experiences of Black workers. So throughout the 18 episodes of season one, we talked with a fascinating set of guests from different facets of the Black organizing world. I had a wonderful time talking with our guests, and just as a parent can't pick a favorite child, I can't pick a favorite episode. If you are new to Black Work Talk, I hope you will take your time and preserve all of the shows. One thing that was an unexpected backdrop to season one was the insurrection. I was stunned at the assault on the Capitol, what my good friend Bill Fletcher correctly calls a failed coup attempt. I never imagined that one of the established political parties would try to stop a presidential transition, but the GOP did. Since then, they are purging from their ranks anyone who does not accept the big lie. And beyond this cleansing, the GOP is aggressively moving to set into place anti-democratic mechanisms to assure their victory in future elections. Season one also took place during the first months of the Biden administration. Just as I did not anticipate the insurrection, I did not anticipate that Joe Biden, the epitome of a mainstream Democrat, would so aggressively move to implement policies at odds with those he supported as vice president. Now, these steps are not simply a reflection of a quote-unquote great man. They reflect new political dynamics where progressives in and out of Congress have more power now than they did during the Great Recession of 2008. Power. This is the key lesson of the past year. The success of the GOP in installing a racist authoritarian state will be determined by power. The success of Biden to pass anything close to his original agenda will be determined by power. And I'm not talking about GOP versus Democratic Party power dynamics. I'm talking about our power. The power of those of us who understand that to achieve the beloved community requires a fundamental transformation of racial, gender, and class hierarchies. This radical change requires a fundamental transformation of our political economy. If we do not build more power, then the insurrection will be spoken of as a glorious lost cause in much of the way the South glorifies the Confederacy and the GOP will consolidate power in much the same way as Southern Democrats did after Reconstruction. If we don't build more power, then the pragmatic electoral impulses that animate much of the Democratic Party elite, combined with the influences of the large economic elites, will blunt efforts to address the real concerns of working people of our races. And this failure will facilitate attempts 
and Insurrection 2.0. So if the overarching theme of season one of Black Work Talk was the interconnection of race and class, then season two would be shaped by one fundamental question. How does the left build more power? And in particular, why is there a gap between Black activism and real existing power? While we've seen policy and electoral victories since the rise of the Black Lives Matter activism, we've also seen Black liberal and centrists use this activism to continue their leadership in the Black community, blunting local efforts to radically transform policing, siding with local elites in economic development battles, and accepting corporate visions of Black Lives Matter, complete with Juneteenth holidays and diversity, equity, inclusion departments. We need to close this gap between Black activism and real existing power. Season two will be structured around four miniseries, Black Labor, the Black Left, Black Feminism, and Power Building. And each miniseries will have a co-host to enrich the conversations on each episode. We have to be the advocates for consistent democracy and uh, opponents of the status quo. So um, we need to be, we on the left need to be the ones that are pushing the, the envelope on democracy, whether it's uh, around voting rights, whether it's about uh, the right of workers to join and form unions, whether it's women controlling their own bodies, uh, whether it's religious practices, whatever. We need to be the ones that are pushing the envelope. That was Bill Fletcher. Bill will co-host the episodes on Black labor. Bill has been an organizer, an educator, and a theoretician for social justice for decades. We will talk with several guests focusing on the challenges of building powerful worker organizations at scale while simultaneously radicalizing members. The miniseries on the Black left will be co-hosted by Toussaint Lossier. Toussaint is an assistant professor in the Department of African American Studies at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. His research focuses on grassroots responses to the post-war emergence of mass incarceration in Chicago. But Toussaint is no ivory tower academic. While in grad school, he was active in the struggles to force the University of Chicago to establish a level one trauma center, which would serve the residents of the surrounding black community. Toussaint and I will talk with a series of guests about the state of the black left, exploring why the Black left has less power relative to Black liberals and centrists. For me, um, you know, the long story is, is that I, I come out of a Black feminist tradition. I went to Spelman College. I had the privilege of um, learning about Black feminism um, in undergrad. And then I got active in the labor movement at Ohio State University when there was a huge strike on campus in 2000. And for me, this was a way to take that those feminist um, principles and put them into action. Um, and quite frankly, that's the thing that has kept me connected to the labor movement since, honestly, 2000. Um, so a little over 20 years um, in that feeling that um, it's it's I'm not interested in theory uh, just for theory's sake, um, I am very much so a praxis person. I want to think about how I can hear the stories of what's happening, um, how we make the connections to be able to name what's happening um, for multiple people, how we 
take action to do something about the challenges that are being raised and how we come back and reflect on, you know, why is this happening? How is this happening? Did this action work? And what more do we need to do? So, you know, I, I, I have kind of been in multiple spaces where that thing has just rung true for me. Um, and being rooted in, like I said, Kim Crenshaw's intersectionality and being able to see the world my entire working life through that lens has made a big difference for the way that I come to this work. That was Cherie Davis. Cherie is Associate Director of the Center for Innovation and Worker Organization at Rutgers University. As you can tell, she holds tightly the interconnection of theory and practice, and her work in the labor movement is driven by her experiences as a Black woman and her understanding of Black feminism. Cherie will co-host a mini-series on Black feminism, and we will explore the relationship between Black feminism, the labor movement, and power building. But if I was going to say on some important things to think about is... Um, I do think this question about meeting people where they are, listening, um, and um, really understanding that the work is about giving people an opportunity to to both be witness to and in community witness to their own power and ability to affect change, and that that's at heart what the work is, right? Um, it's building people's capacities, both their skills and ways of doing things. So people learn how to organize. Sometimes folks learn how to run a meeting or they learn how to actually write flyers or they understand how to now use social media to contact folks. They build skills, but it's also their own capacity in terms of their own belief in themselves as powerful actors in society. That voice was Lauren Jacobs, Executive Director of Power Switch Action formerly known as the Partnership of Working Families. And she's a guest on episode 15. Lauren will co-host the mini-series on power building, drawing upon her years of experience as a union organizer and years on staff of what is now Power Switch Action, a network of organizations focused on building power at the local and regional level. We want to explore why winning a progressive governing majority with the Black working class a key partner of the governing coalition, is so elusive. Black labor, the Black left, Black feminism, power building. These are the four topics we will explore during season two as we help to forge a community dedicated to building power for Black workers. As always, our efforts take resources and we depend upon people power to grow. Please go to Patreon to make a financial contribution, small or large, to support the work we do here at Black Work Talk. Season 2 launches on Wednesday, November 17th. I'm still looking forward to working with Bill, Toussaint, Cherie, and Lauren to bring you an exciting set of guests once again. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you may find your podcast and spread the word to your friends. Until the first episode of Season 2, stay safe and be well. <laughs>